The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is your dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And hey, Derek. Yes. It's episode 400. All right. We made it somehow. We made it somehow. And I <laughs> I think I got us a pretty good guest this week for episode 400. Indeed. Uh I am pleased to announce, and I know he's been introduced in written word on various websites. I'm going to assume this is probably his first podcast he's done since taking the role. Yes. So I don't know if it's much of an exclusive or not, but <laughs> I'm going to officially introduce in vocal form <laughs> the new editor in chief. For Xenoscope Comics, David Wool. How is everyone doing? Hey, thank you very much. Wow, I'm on the 400th episode. That's really cool. On the 400th episode, yeah. I feel extra special. And I yes, this is this is my audio debut as editor in chief of Xenoscope. Awesome. I mean, that was on some phone, I was on some phone calls, um, but that was all local with the staff there. So this is my first. Uh, this is an exclusive. And I will say you are our first Xenoscope creator. As well. Uh, technically, well, I am technically a creator. I am a yeah. creator. Um, but our, our first member of Xenoscope personnel on the well, show. I'm glad to. That's really cool. And, I hope I represent them well. I um, guess we'll find out. I, I, it kind of comes with the job of editor-in-chief now, right? Yes. I'm very political. And, and I will say... Amongst all three of the shows that I do, you are the first editor and current editor-in-chief that we've had as a guest on any of the shows. You mean you've had former editor-in-chiefs? On my Marvel podcast. Uh, oh, like, like who? Uh, Tom DeFalco. I know him. Hoo-ha. Um, he was one of my first bosses. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, oh, no he was like, he was kind of like the Uber. I mean, Jim Shooter, I guess, was the Uber boss. And then Tom DeFalco was the... okay. Executive ah, yes. But then when, when Jim Shooter left, then Tom DeFalco took over while I was at Marvel. Um, I want to say, oh, Gail. I, oh, I can't remember the, now i got to go looking on the guest page for Mighty Marvel Geeks. Gail. 
Um, Simone? No. no. She was never a No. Um, Not as far as I know. Oh, 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 oh. A Marvel editor-in-chief? Or just an editor-in-chief? He was, I think he was also a Marvel editor-in-chief. Bob Hall. Uh, Bob Hall? Bob Hall was at Valiant. I'm not sure if he was an editor-in-chief, but he also drew uh, Squadron Supreme for Marvel a while ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a writer, uh, a, uh, a thespian, I believe. Yeah. I want to say he was. He may have been an editor, but I don't think he was editor-in-chief. Mm, possible. Uh, another editor I've had on the show from Marvel, uh, Jordan D. White. Oh, them, them um, someone you may know from your days at Valiant, Heather Antos. Heather, I know well, yes. Uh, and then we've had Executive Vice President Tom Brevoort over on that show. Him, he and I were um, were both uh, an assist, assistant editors for Bob Budiansky at at, um, at various times. I think I oh, took wow. his place uh, working on special projects when we both worked on uh, trading cards. Oh, okay, cool. Before, uh, mm, before mm, his career cool. took off. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're going to have a fun time tonight. Um, now, the news just broke recently uh, within the last three weeks, if I remember right, or two weeks that you were made uh, announced as editor-in-chief. Yes. And, uh, and, of course, next week at the moment, I have uh, Amber, who is the marketing. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought she was going to come on with me, but then, uh, but I yeah, guess we, she I said, take it up so much time. It was better. Uh, she's going to be in the woods or something today. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal yeah. is with that. Something about <laughs> yeah, no, no Wi-Fi in the tricky. woods. Yeah, no Wi-Fi, as if. No Wi-Fi in the woods, sure. So, um, <laughs> so I I'm guess. usually a hog anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> so I guess let's go ahead and get to the most current thing. How how did the process go uh, for you to become editor in chief for Zenoscope? Hmm. Well, um, I've known those guys probably since Zenoscope started. Um, I'm trying to think. They started in like 2004, um, and uh, and we were for some reason we were there was like a group of us back then who all kind of hung out. I actually um, that's probably like the tail end of when I was a top cow, um, okay. and. Um, and then I remember just like I went to store signings and, and sat along Joe and, and Ralph from Zenoscope. And um, they asked me to do a comic like early on in Zenoscope. Uh, we did an adaptation of Seven, the movie, yeah. where uh, yeah. each of us did like a deadly sin. Um, oh, yeah. I got the deadly sin of pride. Um, and it was like <laughs> a really fun project to work on. Um, and then years later, I, um, I did a, a Van Helsing um, story, like a Van Helsing annual. Um, which was really fun and I really liked the character. Um, and then, you know, it just, I, I found out that they were looking for an editor in chief and I just contacted them and, and saw like, if we could, you know, if maybe we could work together finally, like, uh, on the editorial side, really like, and uh, honestly, like, I don't think I've said this to anybody. I might've said it to them after, like after they hired me, um, that, um, I actually really didn't think they would hire me because I was this bad freelancer. Like I, I was always late. Like if, uh, and, and you know, luckily how you are as a freelancer sometimes doesn't reflect on how you are as an editor. If anything, like, I guess kind of, I know the tricks of being a freelancer and <laughs> so I could deal with it a little better. But, um, but like I was going back through my emails, um, and I found like the last emails of my contact with them was when they were 
emailing me nonstop to try to get my Van Helsing pages to them. <laughs> saying, we really need it, David. We really need it. We gotta, the book's got to go to print. Um, so luckily, um, they, they didn't have any hard feelings toward me, and, um, and everything worked out. And I'm really, really excited to be working with them. It's been fun so far. Now, if you decide you're going to write an issue or two, is it going to be hard to email yourself saying, hey, I really need these pages? Yes. As a matter of fact, that, that um, I would always, um, even at Top Cow, because I wrote Witchblade, like that was like the first real major thing that I wrote. Yeah. And, um, and I was terrible. Uh -huh. And I was the I was the editor-in-chief of the company and the writer of Witchblade. And, um, and I'd be like, all right, well, we'll make the book late. You know, um, like, and I was always like, like, I don't know. I was terrible. I, I don't understand. I think I'm better now. You know, I mean, I'm older. Uh, I think I'm a little more wise. Uh, I could actually, that's not true. I'm probably still pretty bad as a freelancer. So hopefully I don't <laughs> write anything. <laughs> I make a better editor at Top Cow. This is totally a digression. But um, uh, when we had our office in Santa Monica, uh, the letterer, Dennis Heisler, and I shared an office. So he would be lettering at the computer that was like on the other side of the room. And he would get so mad at me and like curse at me, you know, because I'd like leave and, and he'd be like, what are these pages? We got to get them out. And then I come back like in the middle of the night and start working. And <laughs> that's the thing. If you're writing for somebody, don't share an office with the letter because it's really it's not a good situation. <laughs> it's hard to be friends after that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like at Zenoscope so far, it's been good. We, we do a lot of um, a lot of story planning, which is like is different than from places that I worked at before. And it's it's a really cool system to be part of. It's like it's very creative. Mm, nice. So. Well, did you have any um, particular thoughts on what you wanted to accomplish when you went for the job? I think, you know, I think overall it's just, you know, hopefully I'll be able to bring in, you know, my sensibilities to go along with theirs and um, maybe bring Zenoscope. Like, I feel like Zenoscope still feels a little bit like a, like a, it's a niche, like it's more of a boutique operation, even though we do a lot of books. And um, and I'd really like to um, to bring the stories to like a, a bigger audience, you know, just to to get more people into Zenoscope and to uh, to enjoy the books, to enjoy the world. Because, um, I mean, I, it was I was lucky, too. I mean, I worked at Marvel and I worked at DC for a little while. And um, like the very few companies that are shared universe companies. Right. These days, you know, there are so many companies that just sort of do mostly create our own stuff or, you know, do a lot of stories that are totally not connected to each other. But, right. you know, Valiant was like that. And I loved Valiant. And, um, and Zenoscope is like that too. You know, we have the cool, like grim fairy tale universe. And, um, and then there's just all these universes that kind of circle around it. And I just think it's a great opportunity there for, to, to introduce people to a universe where, you know, they, they pick up one book and they like it and then maybe they'll pick up another book. You know, you pick up Van Helsing and you think it's cool. And then, you know, she's friends with this other character, Robin Hood, you know, and then you could check that out, you know. And as long as all the stories are good um, and the art is good, then, you know, then we could just grow our fan base and people could start enjoying the books. So that's really my hope. Great. So like you being new to Zenoscope, especially with the role. I'm kind of new to Zenoscope as a reader, uh, even though I've seen various titles out for a while. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what Zenoscope's about and, and the audience y'all are, are reaching for? Um, 
you know, it's um like the the, the Xenoscope started with the grim universe, right? So it's basically just sort of like a like a more modern take on the fairy tales. You know, that's sort of where it started. And you know, we've they've done like Wonderland stories uh, that have been really cool. And that's um, so fun. Yeah, and uh, and it's really just it's a lot of fantasy. Um, and then there's a whole like tales of terror kind of part of the company. Like I think we just oh, we have yeah. a lot of different genres that we're playing with, you know. And um, I'm I'm trying to so and then like I think right now, <laughs> um, we have a like it's a, a thing in comics, you know. It's just the the audience has grown older with the books, right? I mean, it seems like like a lot of the companies that that I've worked with, you know, have we've been around for like over 20 years or around 20 years, you know, and um, and the fans who we've had at the beginning are still sort of aging with us. And I think we really want to reach out to newer, like younger fans and um, and get them interested in it, you know, and um, and I think the titles have been more mature. But but now we're you know, we're leaning more toward like more adolescent kind of stories and, you know, young adults could get into them too. And a good example, one of those titles would be uh, Mangoat and Bunny Man. <laughs> I think that one's like more mature. But it's it, um, but it, um, well, no, I mean it's 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 not like you know forty year old people have to enjoy it. But right, no, right. I think no, you're right. That that is. Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. But um, but no, that is that that title has been like our biggest title of the year so far. And um and I think and I think yeah that one, it, it's got a different sort of feel. I think a lot of the Zenoscope books have been, you know, serious, like a little more serious. And, and Manscope and um, Mangoat and Bunny Manscope. I don't know what that is. And Mangoat and Bunny Man. <laughs> That's a new title. Itself, it didn't take itself seriously, you know. And um, right. and I feel like like we're doing a few more books like that. We have a book that's coming out um, in a couple of weeks by um, Adam Goldberg. And I think the, I never pronounced the other guy's name right. Hans Radianoff. But Adam Goldberg is the creator of the Goldbergs, the TV show. And he's, um, actually, oh, yeah. I was just proofing it the other day, like the first issue, like getting it out. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. Um, it's, uh, it's called, um, possessive. And it's like, it's a comedy, you know, it's like a guy right. who goes into a house and he buys a house that's haunted by this ghost. And he ends up getting into a relationship with the ghost, but the ghost is like killing all the people around him. So it's not exactly the best relationship. See, I, and that's kind of a dick. <laughs> I have debated trying to reach out to Adam Goldberg to get him on the show uh, to talk about the Goldbergs uh, because being Jewish myself, like him, I grew up in upstate New York and my temple's youth group was part of um, the Pennsylvania region. So we used to go to Philadelphia quite a bit. And I don't know if the temple they belong to, if they were ever part of the youth group if they are, I may know his older brother or the, or the one oh, wow. brother that's referenced in, in the, in the show. I'm not, I'm not positive. I just know the times I've seen the home footage at the end of the episode and they show the, the one brother, I'm like, God, he looks so familiar. I just don't know, but I, w I would love to talk about this, you know, with him about the show and now about the comic that he's doing. And it's because it's like, I still live that with my own mom now. Yeah. I, I would, would just love to, sh you know, that would be cool. Cause I, I, and I, I love the show. So it, it's cool that, you know, Adam's coming on to Zenoscope to do this. 
um, I never thought I was here that he would be a, a comic writer. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, like I said, it's a very entertaining story. It was, uh, it was cool. So that one comes out like at the, in the first week of August. Oh, excellent. I'll have to check that out. I, I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. As well. Now I, I found it odd. And for me, it was like almost when I first heard Zenoscope or first saw Zenoscope at a show, I'm like, Oh wow. They're they're really getting racy because of all, all the covers I saw years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, then I, I think maybe a month or two afterwards, I'm like, you know, Zenoscope actually isn't that bad when you look at some of the other cover art that's out there is <laughs> focused the same way. How do you happen to know why um, for for sure why the covers tend to focus on the on the female body a lot is, is it just to for that eye appeal to to try and capture that read i think it's you know i, I appeal oops sorry excuse me one second <laughs> oh no problem well ben i gotta wait until mom comes home okay kids go to the kitchen and mom will get a food sorry i get uh, interrupted oh, that's fine hey <laughs> getting interrupted by food is perfectly fine <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think that that they have found, like, you know, since they've been around, that there there's just like there's an audience that really, you know, is really interested in that. You know, there's an audience that 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 they like, that likes those that art. You know, and um and I think so. Part of it is just is just you know making sure that 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 audience is 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 stays around and is enjoying that. Um, and I think you know like. It's hard, you know, because like, and it's funny for me, you know, I came from Top Cow, which, you know, had kind of a, a similar reputation like back then. And um, and and I think that, that it was always like surprising to people that, you know, that we had a, a big women like liked our our books a lot. You know, people yeah. just think that if you have like like attractive women on the cover, then um, it must be like this giant male crowd that's reading it. But it's not necessarily the case. I, I want to say oh, if memory if memory cool. serves me right. That's good to hear. I saw more women around the table than than men. The times I was at, around the table. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting phenomenon, and um, and you know, it's it is eye catching, you know, and that's really that to to fight to stay alive in this business, you know, you really need to make sure yeah. you're keeping the eyes caught. No, yeah, these days I, especially. I have definitely the. As I was getting into reading some of the titles, definitely love the art. I mean, the, the covers are great. I mean, some great pieces of work there. Um, oh yeah, some great artists. Yeah, and for yeah, sure. and, and they all have a good eye for it, like finding new artists, and you know, like it's it's really cool to watch. I've been lucky that I've worked for a lot of companies that have had really good art. You know. Yeah. Well, I oh, would. Yeah. I will definitely say after today for sure. Um, we are definitely going to be sending emails more your way of you got any creators who want to come on a podcast. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's definitely, um, it's a, and I, I mean, with y'all being a, in a, in a way, an independent comic book company, we get a lot of independent film stars and film creators on the show. And we, we have become, um, major fans of independent films because of that. Uh, I, I think that's fair to say, right, Derek, you know, even with you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That, you know, I think we could end up doing that same way and becoming a, a big major push for for Zenoscope and, and maybe a few other companies. Um, that sounds great. Because of the independent 
and, and, and get more things out there. Because uh, I'm, I'm now looking at the y'all's web store and I see Van Helsing Steampunk, which I did not know existed. And <laughs> yeah, I'm going ha- really to have to check this one out. That was one of our most popular issues, yeah. So, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say, so other than other than the uh, the Adam Goldberg book, is there anything else new coming out in the next couple months? Uh, we have a book called Gin that's by uh, Kevin Grievous mm. uh, from Underworld, um, and uh, I was just reading the script to that too, um, and that that's coming out like in November, I believe, um, and that should be good. And then we're still, I mean, I think we're in the process of of trying to come up with you know new characters and and new storylines to. Uh, that are just exciting. We have a story. Uh, if I actually, if this was three weeks later, we have this big, sto- I'm flying, I'm going, I live in Los Angeles right now, but you know, they're all based in Philadelphia. Uh, so I'm heading there in a couple of weeks to do like this big story summit. We're going to, we're going to come oh, up cool. with like new storylines and new characters. It should be really fun. And then I'll have a lot Thanks. more knowledge of uh, what's going on. Oh, very cool. Hey, you're always more welcome to come back after the summit if if it's something oh, you thanks. can talk about. I mean, doors <laughs> o- yeah. at this point in time, doors always open. Now. Excellent. Thank so you very much. We, we, are, we are definitely a avenue for you guys to use and abuse if you want. <laughs> um, and, and we've had people come back multiple times, so that's that's not a issue with us. Um, so look, I'm looking through, I'm seeing a little bit of, you know, the fairy tale side, the horror side, um, which some of the horror stuff I definitely need to get into more besides Van Helsing. Uh, yeah. The horror stuff is more like, you know, like one shots and anthology stories and, and, um, and stuff like that. Um, they're all, they're fun. You know, we do like big 72 page quarterly books. Oh, I think that's where I need to get into. It's where I could yeah. just sit down and just have, with the quarterly book and just slow read. Yeah. And knowing me, slow read means two hours instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I can't wait to see where y'all go um, in the future. So definitely in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, what, I'll what news ever comes out after three weeks would be awesome Wait, yeah when you talk to amber next week you know maybe we could start bringing on other creators and then i could yeah. come into the rotation at some point later on yeah yeah it sounds like a good plan hey derek i, I see this now he's gonna walk in the room go okay we got story ideas story plans and I've got a podcast that's willing to have you guys on to talk about what you're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it up earlier than that. Oh, wow. We're <laughs> sold. <laughs> um, besides the titles that you've mentioned, are there other titles that you really like from, from Zenoscope? I, um, I really like the Wonderland stories. I mean, I brought that up a little bit, but I don't think I talked about it too yeah. much. But, um, but sort of uh, like, just I love like, the Wonderland stuff. Yeah, like like just because it starts out just as sort of um, again like kind of a retelling of Alice in Wonderland, but then over the years we've like really just explored the Wonderland world. It's actually one of the books that I'm that I'm working on right now. Is this? Uh, um, it's like it's a Wonderland story where like the Jabberwocky like makes characters go wild and um, and it's just it's a fun story, you know, because like like I'll got to go through all the Wonderland 
classic Wonderland lore, you know. Oh wow! And um, and we could and we do, you know, we just like pick out parts of it that that would be cool in our story, and then and then weave it all together. Um, and it's fun. It's 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 like a fun experience, and I think people enjoy it. Now, some people may not know. I think Derek likes it. There you go. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, the Wonderland stuff is great. Uh, that's actually I started. Um, reading Xenoscope stuff because of the Wonderland stuff. I that saw was I, Raven Gregory Wonderland stuff. I believe so. Yes, um, I saw it. I remember years ago when it first came out, seeing it on the, on uh, the shelf at the comic store. It's like, oh, that that looks pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, it's always it's fun stuff. I like I like the the take on on it. Yeah. Yeah, Raven did a really good job, like establishing that world in the first place, and um, and we've all, mm. like, everyone who's been involved in it has done a good job. Yeah, and there's so much that you can do with it too. So, yeah. so for a newbie, because um, I'll, I'll still class myself as a newbie, even though I've read some stuff here and there, but not a current, not not a continuous run. What would you recommend or what what would be like the top five titles you would recommend for for someone who wants to break into reading Xenoscope? Okay, yeah. Say the Wonderland stories. Um the original like starting with the original Grim Fairy Tales and like working out from there. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, those are good too. And like we have, you know, with trades of everything, so you know, there's like collections of all that stuff. Um Van Helsing, without a doubt. Um, not even, I'm not even pushing my own Van Helsing story, which is a little bit later on, but just like the, <laughs> we're actually, we're doing this box Van Helsing set, uh, on Kickstarter. That's, uh, that's starting soon, which would be really oh, cool. Wow. It's, like, it's like a box set of, um, nine trades or something like all like together. I think it's nine. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like seven. I'm not sure. I don't know anything. Um, but, um, but it's be really cool, you know, like, and that's going to be starting, I think next week. So people will be hearing about it. Um, so yeah, Van Helsing is definitely one of them. Uh, I like like Tales of Terror. I think is just is a good entry point because they're you know they're fun stories that aren't connected to anything else. Okay. Tales of Terror quarterly. Um, and, and then really, I think Possessive uh, for people that are going to come on you know over the next few weeks. Possessive is just starting now, and um, so it's a good starting out point. Okay. Uh, and I, I think the story is like the the. The, they're just different tones too, you know, from possessive to the Wonderland stories to Van Helsing. Right. They're just uh, there's a lot yeah. of different tones in there. I think like different people will like different ones. Well, I'm I'm looking at the list of comics shown on the site uh, through the shop. Uh, two that are sticking out to me is Red Agent and Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, well, Red Agent, um, oh. Red Agent is basically Red Riding Hood, you know. So that's a that's a grim yeah. universe. Story, oh, you know? okay, okay. Yeah, that was a good one. Please believe it or not, I have to look up myself because I haven't I haven't looked at that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know that was one of them. I'm clicking on it to see what's popping up. Uh, apparently, I like there's the Robin been, Hood stuff too. Apparently, there's yeah. been two issues. Some of the most phantasmagorical oddities in the Robert Ripley collection. Right, well, then by the next time I talk to you guys, I will have checked it out. Okay. Apparently, this was only a two-issue series. I wonder yeah. how that was. That's on the website now, like up top. Yeah, 
Uh, now, if I went to, so the listeners can follow along, I uh, went to Zenoscope.com and then went over to shop. From shop, I went to comic books and uh, there's a, with that drop down, there's a scroll window where you could scan different, different titles. Oh, and I see the cover by David Seidman. He's really, really good. Who did the cover for that? He did the cover for all our seven issues too. He did a lot of Zenoscope covers. I think he was the art director of Zenoscope mm. for a while. He's a great artist. This caught my eye because I know with Marvel they did uh, with Disney Kingdoms, uh, Secrets of the Weird, which was based on Disney's version of Ripley's, believe it or not, or the Ripley's mm-hmm. Museum that was supposed to be at uh, the fourth Walt Disney exhibit at the World's Fair that um, Lincoln, Carousel of Progress, and Small World were all introduced at. Where was that? Uh, New York World's Fair. Oh, and the 1964 World's Fair? I think so. Yeah, 64 World's Fair. Oh, wow. And the, the Museum of the Weird is the only one that didn't pop up, uh, didn't get done. Oh, that's so bad. it's just an evening with Lincoln, um, Carousel Progress, and smaller i remember growing up in queens and um and we used to go to the world's fairgrounds and i never knew there was a world's fair i just thought we called it the world's fair for some reason i didn't know why it was called the world's (laughs) fair it wasn't until later that i learned that there was actually a world's fair there (laughs) because you know that stuff is still there or yeah still there yeah oh yeah well i want to say there were world's fair uh, because you're not i don't think you're that much older than than we are um there were still world's fairs when we were kids. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. never knew about it. Didn't Montreal have a world's fair? I think so. I, I'm now looking at I up. didn't even realize that. I think the expos, like the expo things from the Montreal World's Fair. Yes. Yes. And I, it may be a Canadian because uh, Toronto, the the Blue Jays played at Exposition Park. Yes, that's true. Unless Toronto didn't have it. Apparently, there's World's Fair still going on. Really? Current and upcoming expositions. 2020 was supposed to be in Dubai. 2023 is in Buenos Aires. 2025 in Osaka. And then there's one for 2030. It's, it's very weird how how they don't seem to be like in any. Oh, I guess now they do them a lot. Yeah, and it's just not. Or, or what they're called world. What they are now. Yeah, world exposition. That's the other. Yeah, that's weird. Wait, but, but where's that's weird? Oh, New York City, sixty-four, sixty-five, San Antonio. Yeah, and apparently the World's Fair goes all the way back to. Uh, 1790s hmm. with fairs or expositions. Um, it's crazy. Th- this is this is weird. You, you wow. learn something new every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 64, 65 was New York City, which was that's the one that was inspired that inspired the Stark Expo for the MCU. Uh, from 65, it went to Munich, Germany. 67, Montreal, which led to the Expos. And shortly right. after, the name of the Expos. Now, as you said, San Antonio in 68. Uh, in the 70s, it went 71, 70, 71, 74, 75, going Osaka, Japan, Budapest, Hungary, Spokane, Washington, and then Okinawa, Japan. 
I wonder how they choose where they go. Very strange. Uh, it's very strange, yeah. Uh, New Orleans had it in 84. In 92, Chicago was supposed to have one, but it got canceled. So the la last one in the U.S. was New Orleans in 84. <laughs> That's the last one in the U.S. This is so weird. <laughs> and, and like we said, we don't hear about it much anymore. No. Not, not like it used to be. No, apparently not. I mean, the sixth, I remember the one in New York was like a really big deal when I finally learned about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, even highlighted. That's in, the only in the one black. I really know about. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, as we've talked about, you've been in the comic industry a little, a little bit prior to, okay. A lot prior to be, being editor in chief at <laughs> Cinescope. Um, what's some of the other stuff you've done in the past? Huh. All right. Well, uh, let's see. So I said I grew up in New York City. That's uh, so um, when I was in high school, uh, we had an offer. I went to this high school called Hunter College High School in New York, uh, which uh, young MC who w went there. He was in our grade. And uh, oh, wow. And Kyle Baker um, was like was like one year ahead of us. Do you know him? The Marvel artist. He did a lot yeah. of uh, yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. So, so at our school, um, when you're a senior in high school, they offer you you have to do something else. Like they call it an ICY intercollegiate year project. Um, and I was actually working at Baskin Robbins at the time. I was like 17 years old, and uh, I was trying to get them to let me work at Baskin Robbins as my ICY project because I was like an assistant manager there, and they said no, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I had to choose another job, and um, there were three offers, and one of them was to work at Marvel as an intern. Oh, um, very cool. And and I kind of I wanted to be a lawyer or something back then. I'm not really I think entertainment law. And um and Marvel seemed like that was going to be good for that for some reason. Um so I so I went to Marvel as an intern and um and I really loved it. You know, it was just like it was the most fun job. I wasn't even really into comics but until I got there and then I became into comics. Um and then I just stayed. Um like once I graduated high school, I got hired on to be an editorial assistant while I was going to college. Um, and then, and then, uh, Mark Grunewald hired me to, uh, to work on Marvel universe, uh, with him and Howard Mackey was his assistant. Um, so I worked on Marvel universe for a while and I ended up, I ended up staying at Marvel. Like I went away, I, I moved a couple of times to like experience life. And then, um, I kept coming back to Marvel. So that's when the last time I came back to Marvel, like in 1991, I, uh, I worked on the X-Men trading cards with Jim Lee and, um, a first round of Marvel Universe training cards, and that was for Bob Bidiansky. That's when I replaced uh, Tom Brevoort uh, when he was the assistant editor. Um, and then while I was there, so I got to know everybody because in the bullpen around them, like artists were always coming by, and um, so you get to know a lot of people. Like I remember when I was an intern, like Chris Claremont would come by and look at it. We had all these little boxes that we'd put letters in, you know, like because uh, the X Men would have like a ton of letters, right? Um, and then. Chris Claremont would yeah. come by and like read all his letters and Walt Simonson was there like, you know, working on Thor and uh, oh, it was just a really fun time. Um, and then uh, I started, I worked with Mark Silvestri on some trading cards and then he ended up trying to hire me. He wanted me to work, to move to San Diego and work, go to Top Cow when Top Cow was like a small company. So I left Marvel and moved to California and then worked at Top Cow. 
um, which was really fun. We had like four people when we started and then we kind of expanded a lot. Um, I got to hire a whole bunch of artists, you know, while I was there, like, you know, Dave Finch and Michael Turner and uh, Joe Benitez and Billy Tan. Um, wow. uh, and, big names. Uh, and that was all like Mark's. That was like, I mean, they were all just showing us samples. I remember Dave, we met. We, my assistant and I went to a convention in New York. Um, there was like a convention. There were two conventions going on at the same time. One of them was um, the, the right by Penn Station. Um, and one of them was at the Nassau Coliseum. And, um, and Dave Finch went to the, he had gone to Marvel to show his samples and no one would look at them. So he was, and so he went to the convention in Nassau Coliseum. And, um, and my assistant was at that convention and she called me at the New York convention and said, you got to come see this guy. He's really good. Um, so I drove out to the Coliseum, to the Nassau Coliseum convention and, um, and saw Dave's stuff. And then at that point we were like inviting people into the studio, you know? So if we liked someone's art, we would bring them in and they would start out as like an assistant or something and then kind of just start drawing their way. Um, so that's how we brought Dave in. And then we moved up to Los Angeles and then brought in Michael Turner. Um, and it was just, it was like a whole different, I mean, Marvel was, was sort of like a 24 hour place. You know, the artists were always popping in, but, and, um, at top cow, like we had a, a house where the artists lived like right near the studio. So they were always there. I mean, they kind of lived oh. there. Um, so, and it was just, it was, it was really fun as, as top cow grew, like we were all growing with them. We, we started putting out books that were successful, like Witchblade and darkness and Mark, obviously Mark Sylvester obviously already had a ton of success. Um, and um, and I stayed there for like eleven years. I, I d developed a lot of you know properties with them, and we had a Witchblade TV show um, that I got to work on a little bit, you know, for TNT. Um, and then it's for some reason, <clears throat> not for some reason, uh, we started working with John Wu. Uh, he wanted to do like a project with us, and it didn't work out. But then he decided he wanted to start a video game company, and this guy Brad Foxhoven and I. Um, left Top Cow to, to go work for John Wu and his video game company. Um, so we were there for a while and then um, started an animation company where we wanted to use like video game assets. And I ended up working on, a, there's a movie Ratchet and Clank that came out a few years ago that yep. I worked on. I was a producer on it. Um, and then along the way, I also kept coming back into comics. Like I was the editor-in-chief of Radical uh, back like 10 years ago. And um and then I always like missed comics. I mean, I was working in all these other areas, but comics were always like my love. You know, Aspen, or, yeah, Aspen Comics like kind of came out of Top Cow when Michael Turner started his own company, and um, and I was really good friends with all those guys. I mean, I hired a lot of them, um, and uh, so I ended up like you know creating a lot of comics with them and working on comics with them. The, they got the brunt of me of bad freelancer David because I was always like late when I was writing stuff for them <laughs> um, and um, and then I, I came back I, I worked for DC for a year and then I worked for Blizzard um, and then there were just like like things would just happen editorial it's kind of weird you know you kind of float into jobs and then float into other jobs and um, and then it was Valiant, you know, and then I got to Zenoscope, which I'm really excited about. And um, and I feel like I've been floating around a lot and I'm hoping that I could just stay at Zenoscope for a while. And um, and because it's really like a family type of place. And um, and I'd love to stay there for a while. But, you know, I look back on the career I've had and it's just it's it's cool. You know, I, I enjoy comics so much. You know, I enjoy making them and reading them. And it's just a fun life. Right. It's a little scary right. for my family, you know, because uh, 
comics <laughs> might not exactly be the most lucrative um, business, uh, especially if you're not an artist. Uh, and I can't draw. I judge people's art, but I can't draw myself. <laughs> so that's that's my career in a nutshell. Okay. <laughs> Very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, I'm still friends with like so many people. You know, like Mark and I have done a few interviews lately because Top Cow was uh, promoting uh, some of the Kickstarters they had. You know, for uh, a Witchblade, a big Witchblade thing, and and um, and it's just it's really fun talking to Mark. You know, like I I learned the I think the most in my life while I was working for Mark's two Marks, Mark Grunwald, and then Mark Silvestri. And they're great, just, they're great both two Marks great to work people. for. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you had the the choice, well, I guess you do have the choice. Who who are some some dream teams you would love to bring in, or some dream creators uh, for you that you would love to bring in to help strengthen um, the Zenoscope ranks? Well, I mean, I, I could go back and look at some of the people that I've worked with, um, like. You know, because we work with Garth Ennis, he, you know, like like Mark and I basically had an uh, idea for what we, what we wanted to do for the darkness, and then Garth like basically wrote it his way, and um, and it just became such an exceptional story. Um, and I would love to work with him again. You know, I would love to to just to to get his take on things. You know, um, um, and and Mark Miller, you know, like he'd be he'd be so good to work with too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I mean, you know. Obviously, like on the art side, I love Dave Finch's stuff. I uh, I, yeah. I guess he's doing some. Uh, he he does like a YouTube show now that uh, that I'd really <laughs> wanted to watch it because uh, I love seeing his art style. You know, um, we once uh, hmm. there was when I was working for the game company. Um, well, when we we're trying to work for a game company, um, we worked with Clive Barker on this project that um, that oh. never actually came. Um, and, um, and Dave and I like went to Clive Barker studio, um, to like work out like all the different levels of the game and like all the different art that was going to be there and just watching him, watching his process, you know, and, um, and I'm sure now his process is even way more evolved than it was then. Um, (laughs) it's just being around creative people like that. I mean, Clive is such a creative guy and, um, and Dave, you know, and Mark Silvestri, that's, I, I love being around creative people and like, like watching them and hopefully helping them, um, come up with, you know, new ideas and helping to develop them into something special. And, um, and that's what, you know, that's what I really hope to just do at Zenoscope, you know, like there's so much opportunity, you know, and, um, and sometimes things just need a little nudge to, uh, to just be as good as they could be. Um, I, w- I w- actually, there's some like there's some interesting artists like Dexter Soy I think would be really cool to work with too. I'm hoping that yeah. I can do something. And then I always love finding new people. Yeah, um, I think I think one thing I've always thought that I don't know if enough people n- notice is that Zenoscope has does have some pretty good artists. Yeah, that have done their books. I've always liked their artwork. Well, there's some great writers as well. I mean, great creative teams oh. at Zenoscope. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Raven and Pat Shand is really good, um, and even and the guys who run the company are all like like they, like they really understand like what they want to do. Like yeah, you know, Alf and, and Dave Franchini are all like they're all really good with the characters. Got to be doing something right to be around this long as an independent. Yeah, yeah, like twenty years. Yeah, just about. Yeah! Wow! Yeah, crazy. 
<laughs> so where where do you see the future uh with Zenoscope? Do you do you expect to see even though there were there was a l- loose interpret I said I'll say loose uh very loosely loose interpretation of Van Helsing uh when sci-fi um grabbed on for their series uh do you do you see a potential of a xenoscope studios possibly oh, in the future to see more to see more projects and if so what that would be what cool. comic what comic or what series would you like to see uh go to the small screen or big screen i think <laughs> i keep talking about wonderland i think wonderland would be really cool for the <laughs> big screen and, and I think that was even, my thought too. even continuing, you know, like maybe like doing kind of a reboot of Van Helsing could be good too. I mean, the thing about Hollywood is, you know, especially like when earlier deals, you know, like, like sometimes you could just make a deal and you don't realize that you're, that the property is not being yours anymore. You know, they're just doing what they want to do with it. I mean, I think Van Helsing was, it was a good show. I mean, that they, they had like Neil Labute was the, was the showrunner for it. Who's like, you know, right. really a talented guy. Um, but I think, you know, what we really want is to, to have a little more, you know, creative input on them on how it's going to go, because we feel like, you know, and I think you get that, you know, like one of the advantages of, of building an audience is that, you know, that audience knows what they want to see. And, you know, that audience could be vocal about seeing what they want to see. And, um, and I think that, that that's really the way to, to move it forward. You know, I think there's going to be an opportunity for a company like us because we have that shared universe, you know, and, um, and there's such an advantage to, um, to do projects that are part of a shared universe. Like obviously Marvel is finding out. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so I, I feel like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of good stuff that's going to be coming from that. That's good to hear. And hopefully, I could uh, help be, with that. It'd be interesting to see maybe even some animated stuff too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's part of it. This is a great time to to get animated projects going. You know, there's like mm. there's so many great homes that you could yeah that, that are there. Oh. oh yeah. Between Hulu and Netflix and Tubi and Crackle, yeah, and like Crunchyroll and and uh, yeah. Amazon. Like so many different styles, you know, that you could, I mean, look at what Netflix is investing in it, you know? Yeah. And then oh, yeah. Get, like, like Netflix overseas is investing in like all different shows, you know? So it's, and then coming back to America, you know, as something like from somewhere else, there's definitely a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think where to go next. There's, there's just so much. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, and and y'all aren't just comics either. Um, you know, looking at the shop, magnets, pens, glassware, buttons, calendars, games. Yeah, I mean, we 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 have a lot of meetings about like, because like you know, we, like that that stuff is fun to create too. You know, um, just like like things that are different. You know, out of the out of the norm. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about body pillows. <laughs> it's sort of a it's sort of a joke in the office. You could ask Amber next week about body pillows. <laughs> we we just may bring it up. So <laughs> got this great idea for you for marketing. Body pillows. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You should totally say that. I'm serious. 
Amber, if you're listening to this show, uh, you can stop now. <laughs> she's in the woods. Uh, she's in, well, this is this is recorded, so if she happens right. to download it in the week, unless you send her a memo, she can't listen to the show until after she records. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got to say, one of the things I, I'm catching from the shop is the action figures. How have I missed these? Because these mm. statues are amazing. Yeah, we work with a lot of really good people. I I absolutely love the Robin Hood stuff. And Robin Hood's a good book. That's that's one I need to get yeah. into. Um, because I love archery. And you know, I was into Arrow, love Hawkeye, uh, love love any archer. I I need to delve into Robin Hood. Uh, but I, I'm digging the statues here. I just wish Mini Mates made a a Robin Hood <laughs> mini mate. <laughs> I'll get Amber on that. <laughs> <laughs> She's the person to talk to. Um, do you? Since we've talked about you know some of this stuff, is is there some of this that you think you know we we may be throwing too much out there and we need to to pull back or we're? I mean, we we do a lot of analysis of that. You know, I mean, we're we're constantly thinking about that. You know, is there? I think there used to be more. We've actually cut back to the way it is now. Um, oh wow! And for, for that reason, you know, I mean, it's it's we, we're we're always looking at you know what are the fans picking up? You know, what are they not picking up? You know, are we oversaturating things too much? And and we haven't found that we are. You know, we we feel like you know the the people are want to read it you know the people are there for it especially these days because you know other publishers have cut back a lot right and um, and there's right. kind of a void to fill well i I'm, i mean with some there. of the some of the other merch like like the games and the calendars um Oh yeah, that, that I can't really speak to. I don't think so. I mean, again, I feel like you know that's it's when the demand is not there, then they won't be there. Okay. I mean, I know the company is not like sitting on all this, you know, inventory. So, so people are picking it up, you know, when it comes out. Okay. So, being the being the new editor in chief and having you know worked in in the comic industry for so long. Uh, how do you think things are nowadays, especially after the whole pandemic we've been going through and everything and like for creating comics and such? I think, oh, you mean for, for, for new people creating stuff or just in general? Just in general. Yeah. I think, you know, I was, I'm surprised because um, I actually thought uh, I was definitely one of the people like a year ago around this time that thought things were going in a bad direction. You know, mm -hmm. that um that that maybe like the industry would would have would be in trouble because of what was going on. But um but it's a surprisingly resilient industry. And if anything, like I know Zenoscope had like their best year last year. And um and I know they're not alone. Oh wow, nice. I, I know we're not alone, you know, and um so I feel like it's actually it's a it's a in surprisingly strong time to uh, to be a creator in comics you know in the industry like there was all this fear about you know people are going to stop reading printed stuff and and all these things that have happened and right. it just hasn't happened i mean maybe it will you know but um it's good to hear i mean it's, if you look at like vinyls coming back right so <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. so maybe comics lasted so long that they're that they're bad i mean obviously you know people want to read digital stuff and and there's there's all sorts of different formats, you know, and 
and companies sure. like Tapas and and um, and uh, the other web comics, you know, are are are, are here to stay. Right. But um, but it's it seems like like there's there's a hunger for this kind of stuff that that goes across all those platforms, you know, and and people just want to keep checking them out. I think I think part of comics is is you know part of it's reading comics and the other part is collecting comics, and and uh, so I think they'll you know there might always be some place for some some of the actual physical books. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of web comics and and you know regular comics, what is your take on uh, the digital books, like um, what now with Comicology um, being pretty much the the front runner with with that? Uh, I have no problem with them. I, I'm not. Uh, I guess I've never been a purist that way. Like about you know feeling like I know a lot of people feel like they need to have the book in front of them. You know, to, <laughs> right. to do the page and stuff. Um, I, I have no problem reading on a screen, you know, uh, or reading yeah. on my, my phone is kind of small, <clears throat> but, uh, but reading on a tablet, you know, it's, um, mm. it's, 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 to me, it's, you know, what, what it looks like is what's important and, you know, how it reads is important more so than whether I'm holding paper or whether I'm looking at something digitally. So I enjoy it. I enjoy both. Yeah. I mean, I, I will admit 90% of my Zenoscope comics are ones that I have grabbed of comicology mm. um, when they've popped up only because I've got limited space plus I have two dogs that like to chew <laughs> so I, I have certain things that I prefer to get physical copies of being a Star Wars junkie the Star Wars title is one being an Ultraman junkie the, the new Ultraman titles another um, but I like having the the option that Marvel gives you of buy the physical copy, you get a digital copy. But I like having the digital copies as an option to buy instead yeah. of the paper copy. Because with the tablet, with that app, be it tablet or computer, I can take it anywhere. And I don't have to worry about the pages getting ripped up or or smudged or water spilled or drinks spilled on it or food dropped on it. It's there in a pristine form every single time I want to read it. I, yeah, totally agree. I think it's I think it's kind of interesting. Like we all like everybody seems to have their own um their own way of doing it. Like for me, I like usually to go to the I like going to the comic store because they're they're all my friends at the store, so I get yeah. to hang out and chat. I buy my, my books. But I love going um if I miss an issue or a series or something, then I, I love that I can go in and, and get it digitally and catch up on it if I need to. Yeah, I picked uh, what what was it I went and got recently? Um, oh, it was the old Ewoks comic books from <laughs> from Star Comics. I, I I those were available on Comicology. I picked up the the run, funny. you know, get a half of I the run. When those came out. <laughs> so, um, no, it's just me slowly turning into a yeah. I'm a Star Wars junkie as it is. Um, <laughs> if I was able to find the physical books. You know, I get them when I can, but I also get the digitals when I can because, you know, my daughter looks and it gives uh, her something to read as well. Um, is that the Drew Struzan uh, Star Wars poster right behind your head? That is the Drew. Oh, it is. Actually, it's a St- Disney Star Wars Weekends. Oh. Star Wars. 
So it's an homage it's, to the Jujutsu poster. Correct. It's Mickey and Minnie in the famous pose. Uh, see, I'm too far away to see that. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I see the ears. Uh, oh, I never even realized that. <laughs> I jumped the gun. <laughs> But the the thing the the picture or the artwork next to it with the orange is an actual cell from the Ewoks cartoon. Oh, cool! Which Lucasfilm gave those out to all hyperspace members. One the last years that uh, hyperspace, which was the fan club, was in existence. Oh, that's awesome! So seeing some people on the look on the hyperspace forums were going, "Yeah, I got a hand. Oh, I got a couple eyes." And I'm like. I got one of the beasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And immediately after I wrote that, people go, you suck. We hate you. You should be banned. I'm like, hey, I didn't pick it. It's what was <laughs> shipped to me. And of course, it has a letter of authenticity on the backside. Nice. So, yeah, it's uh, so now that that cartoon's available on Disney Plus, it's like, OK, let's start watching and see if we can find this particular one. Oh, wow. Because we've seen we've seen others in different coloring, but I haven't found this color combo yet with the brown and the orange. So I'm still looking. That's awesome. So I'm trying to see if I could go, yeah, yeah, we can match it up right here. <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> so, I, but I haven't, but I haven't checked the authenticity letter to see if it states if there, if it was in a specific episode or not. Mm. It, it, if it does, that make make my search a little easier. <laughs> um, I think series wise, Wonderland would make a great animated series. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what what now other I want to go back and read all, all the Wonderland stuff again. Well, I'll be right there catching up with you going with Robin oh, Hood. Then we could all talk about it next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, now, what before coming to Zenoscope and now being there, what's what's been the reception that you have heard about Cinescope from the from uh, we'll just say geeks in general uh, I, don't, I haven't heard too much since I've gotten there I mean I think like yeah I really I, I don't know if I could answer that I I've, I've I mean I've there's like I'm seeing the audience that that you know that's gravitating toward it like towards Zenoscope you know people are just right, very right. excited you know for the for the stuff that's coming out but I haven't actually gotten too much of a sense of, of people in general yet. I think uh, part of that is like going to conventions, you know? I mean, I think once I go to conventions again, like that'll that'll come out, you know, if I come to New York in October um, or I guess they, I think they're doing something in Megacom coming up. I don't know if they're coming down to it, though. They probably are. But yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that I hear mostly at conventions, you know, just like, like what's the buzz? So that could be another thing that I'll talk about the next time I come on. Oh, cool. Uh, Derek, you got any other questions? So I'm looking over at my time code and like, well, we've actually been on for a while. And that's pretty cool. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. I'm like, wow. Now, are, are we going to have, have am I going to need a stretch? <laughs> I'm going to stretch time. I'm like, but, so yeah, we, we've been on quite a bit and I know you've got food yeah, waiting really for fun. you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to another meeting in a couple of minutes, but, uh, but I'm glad I'm able to talk here. Any other questions, Derek? Uh, just one. Um, are you looking forward to? Are you you're going to be going to conventions now as the editor in chief? Or yes, I hope so. 
I mean, I, we haven't really talked about it too much yet, but yes, because um, conventions are just a great way to to find new talent, you know, and talk to fans. I really enjoy mm. conventions. I used to go to conventions like like as many as I could go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they're they're a little intrusive, you know, when you have to get work done because it's always like the day before and the day after, you know, and it just like takes a while and you fall behind on work. And, you know, me, as I said, I'm just a bad freelancer, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> like the interaction that you get, I mean, uh, Zenoscope has been doing these live, like, um, li- live stream conventions, you know, that have been, right, good. Right. Yeah. but it's still mm-hmm. just fun to be there with people and hang out and meet fans and talk other creators. I, I guess I'll bring up this question next time you're either in the Boston area or the Orlando area for a show. How, cause Derek's in Boston. I'm in Orlando area. How can we join you guys for the Zenoscope dinner on Saturday night? <laughs> we'll have to play that. By <laughs> I haven't been invited yet, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. It would probably be fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Definitely love to hang out with the gang. And yeah, no, if it was okay with everyone, just plop a mic in the middle of the table and just record and just. That would be have, that, that would, I have not that could tried, be interesting. I have not tried that yet. <laughs> but I mean, that that's how we do our interviews is like we're yeah. sitting at a table, you know, which. Oh, no, that would be, you'd get really good stuff out of that. Yeah, that that would be some of our after dark stuff, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah i'm sure so um i don't have anything else i mean we've covered cool. we've covered a lot well, it was really really fun talking to you guys it was our it was our honor fun. and thank you for allowing us to be your first podcast uh, and, i appreciate it and your first audio introduction to the world yes as, as editor-in-chief and definitely, I think we will be seeing more of you and hopefully seeing more of other Zenoscope creators I think on the so. show. And thank you for being on our 400th episode as well. Oh, wow. That I really appreciate, too. That's very cool. That, <laughs> no one else is going to have that honor. So Nope. I have that forever. Thank brand, you. Brand, so new, brand, nice new edi- you guys. brand new editor in chief on our 400th episode. Doesn't we'll send get- you a plaque. <laughs> I'll make up a digital certificate. Nice. <laughs> it, it, I didn't know where to go initially for, or how I was going, what direction to go for a four you know, guest for the four hundredth. This has been awesome. It, it is great having a someone new to the role who's ju- just as passionate about geekdom, about comics, yeah, uh, as we are um, involved in in the independent realm or the independent culture uh as we have slowly become you now with independent films now it looks like we're we're also starting to head that way with independent comics as well that's so cool i'm glad we could be part of it and this is great thank you again for joining us um where can people find you and zenoscope online uh i think it's just zenoscope.com and um and me how could you find me if if you uh-huh. want to be found <laughs> I think I'm on Instagram at DG Wool DGWOHL at at DGWOHL. I will be adding you on Instagram in the next couple of days. I just take a lot of pictures of cats. Yeah. Um, thank so, you. Even be, better. That could be the I next, love cats. That could be the next comic. <laughs> Feline Fury. <laughs> so well thank you again. And for those who, who are tuning in hopefully we have left you asking 
Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. I don't know what that is, so I'm going to say yes.